and welcome to Hold My Clipboard, the basketball podcast focused on the ACAC basketball and CCAA. I am your host, Chris King, along with... Tori Dugan. Tori, we are brought to everyone by our key sponsor... Nara Studios. She's getting really good at this. I think she might have a profession here. So, so Tori, a uh, pretty exciting one for us today. Our, our first interview uh, as we get rolling here, and, and it's with none other than the legend Avery Harrison, 20-some years plus in the ACAC. Um, six ACAC championships, three national championships. He's been coaching before you were born, essentially. Um, tell me your thoughts going into this one. What are you looking forward to with Avery? Yeah, he obviously has a rich history, but we look forward to hearing um, about his team, the Red Deer Queens, this past season. Uh, they obviously went on a pretty awesome run in the second semester, going on a 12-game win streak, winning ACAC title, and then having a berth in the national tournament. So really excited to hear his thoughts about his past year. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Avery's one of those guys that's been around, you know, forever and... Uh Whenever you get a chance to talk with him, he's got a story about a story about a story. So it um, should be a great conversation. I, I'm excited to get him on. And, and once again, um, I'm excited to see what his team looks like after this national championship run to see what they look like in the fall. I think they are going to be one of the contenders in the ACAC. Knowing him, he will probably downplay that very much. But uh, without further ado, here's our interview with Red Deer Polytechnic head coach of the women's basketball program and reigning ACAC champion, Avery Harrison. Welcome to technically our first coach on Hold My Clipboard. So very exciting for us. This is also the most legendary coach in the ACAC right now. We have Avery Harrison with us, the head coach of the Red Deer Polytechnic women's basketball team. Now, for those of you guys that don't know Avery's history, he's been in the ACAC for a long time, almost as old as Tori is. Avery's been a head coach uh, for 24 years plus uh, in the ACAC. He has won six ACAC championships. He's went to the national championships 11 times. Uh, he has won how many? Four, or sorry, three Canadian college championships. Been a part of that. Um, Avery, welcome to the show. We're super blessed to have you. Well, thank you. I'm very honored to be here. You know, when I'm reading through your bio, Avery, it's it's so long and there's so many details. that I, I don't want to leave out anything important, but you and I both come from the same coaching tree. We both came from the Phil Allen coaching tree. So I got to experience Phil as a player and Phil assistant coach for me for a year. And you obviously worked with Phil back in the state days. Yeah. Working with Phil was just a blessing. Anybody that ever had the chance to work with Phil as a, as an assistant coach or a player was very blessed. And uh, Phil has left his mark on the ACAC. It'll be here for a very, very long time as generations down the road pick up that knowledge they're not even aware of necessarily that they're getting it from the Phil Allen uh, on the book of Phil. And uh, it, it's funny, Avery, we were talking about that at Nationals this year. There's, whether you played or coached with them, there's a certain style that probably gets adopted um, by anyone that runs through his program, a certain way of expectations and and uh, what you need to do to be successful. So I think that was one of the cooler chats that we had at Nationals this year is talking about um, how he's affected a lot of uh, – not only coaches, but players that have came through his programs over the years. And he had almost, if not as much experience as you did in the ACAC uh, at the time. Oh, Phil. Phil just, he changed people's lives. Phil was uh, an enabler. He enabled people to succeed. And he made uh, people not just better basketball players, but he made them better people going forward. Yeah. 
No, I agree 100%. Uh, now, I do need to owe some gratitude to you here, Avery, because I believe last year, maybe during COVID, you kind of poked me on the shoulder and said, hey, we need an ACAC podcast to talk about ACAC basketball. And I said, you know what, Avery? Good idea. And I put it on the back burner and I didn't do it. And um, we get Tori back from Australia here and she's like, you know, we got to get a podcast. We got to tell the stories of the ACAC. So thank you for originally putting the idea out there, Avery. And then obviously having someone uh, young and energetic like Tori has now pushed us. And now we're here episode one with you. So thank you for that, Avery. Well, it, it actually originated back with Peter Sambu years ago. And then I brought it forward to Peter and I said, we should be doing a podcast. And he said, well, that was my idea. I told you that. And I said, oh, yeah, I guess you're, you're right. And then, you know, I reached out to you. We talked about it. And, of course, it was my limited knowledge of anything technical. It wasn't going to happen through me. But I'm really, I'm really excited you guys are doing this. I think it's great for the ACAC. And uh, I think it's just another step in, uh, you know, some of the things that the ACAC does uh, as leaders in the CCAA. And I, I'm just really excited you're doing this. Well, thanks for that, and you can tell Pete when he sees it, we'll all give him a share of the credit pie. We'll put it in there at the end when you see him. So, um, <laughs> But Avery, we want to talk to you about uh, your championship team last year. Um, I got a chance to see you guys play at playoffs, and we played against you guys, I believe, in like November, early in the year. Um, you guys made huge strides. Um, Tori has a lot of questions for you because she didn't get to see it here. She left in November to go back home and play. So I'm going to let Tori start off by asking kind of, about that championship season for Red Deer Avery and you taking over that program and kind of what it looked like. Yeah, so Avery, just obviously you guys went on a 12-game win streak there. Um, kind of started a little bit rough and then all of a sudden there was a massive turnaround. Um, so I just want you to talk about kind of what what amped up the, the team to the next level or what kind of sparked that team to go on that 12-game win, win streak in second semester more so. Well, I, I think I was fortunate that I, I think I inherited a very, very good, experienced team that just, things just weren't clicking for them. And and uh, their locker room didn't get along well. It, uh, there was a lot of infighting. And so I heard all this stuff coming in and people said, half your team couldn't even play in the ACAC and all this kind of stuff. And so I said, well, you know, we'll keep everybody. We're going to make us a better team. And, uh, and it did start off rough and, and, uh, I, I kind of became the enemy of the team to start off. I was really just a terrible slave driver. I was really hard on them. And, and uh, you know, the, but the culture of the locker room changed because our expectations changed and um, we made players accountable for what they were doing and stuff. Like at one point, one of the coaches said, uh, I think you best hear about it in your team in the preseason. And I said, well, pretty close, yeah, <laughs> some, some point or other, but, um, I, and our struggles early on were, uh, my expectations were so high, maybe um, for some of them unreasonable, because I told them our first meeting of the year, I said, we, we're going to win the ACAC. And many players since then have said to me, you know, when you said that, we looked at each other like, who the hell is this guy? What is he thinking? <laughs> we don't, that isn't us. And, uh, and we did struggle early in the year. And, and finally, it all, came, it all came to a head the last weekend of the uh, first half of the season in Lethbridge. We lost a Friday night game. And uh, Dean Cunningham, one of our assistant coaches, said, Avery, you can't go in the locker room tonight. You are too mad, which was very true. I was. So um, I grabbed the bus driver, and I went back to the hotel by myself to watch game film. 
and the players had a two-hour players meeting after the game and you know so what what i understand there's a lot of tears in the room and uh, a lot of things were said that maybe needed to come out and uh then they came back and and so i'm watching game film about four in the morning i shut off the game film and i hear voices out in the hall i'm going what the heck so i look out the peephole first i can't see anybody so i walk out i'm gonna i'm gonna catch some of our players well nobody's out there so i walk down the hall and i hear voices from one of the rooms and i thought so i went back and i checked in our room and says that's two of our players that's two of our guards like it's sandra garcia bernal and, and he has to do it so i phoned him of course they're not going to answer at four or four in the morning smart move smart so move. i walked down i knocked on their door and i said hey if you're going to talk all night come down and talk in my room right so we you know we we're playing at one o'clock we talked till 6 30 in the morning oh boy and they just they said you know we don't need you yelling at us and, and chewing us up for missing a layup. We already know we missed a layup. I thought, yeah, I guess that's a good point there. And uh, so the next game, I just kind of sat there and watched, and we start off, you know, we're, we're down 14 to 4, and I'm ready to lose it. Nadine's pat in the back. I said, it's okay, just take a deep breath. And So I hardly talked in the game. We just made a couple of little subtle changes, and we won the game by 20. And uh, that was kind of the start of things. And uh, then, then I saw saw an article by Shawnee Harley, and she does so many things like mental training and mental toughness. And one of the things she said was some, sometimes you have to think out of the box as a coach and you need to ask your players to give you feedback and uh, give them ownership of the program. And it's not your program, it's their program. So I did. I took her advice, and uh, so I sent them all a, a text message on this team chat we have, and, and I said, I need some, some information from you, first of all, what can I do as a coach to make you the best you you can be? And the second one was, what do I need to do that I'm not doing right now for you? Right. And the next one was, what have I got to stop doing that I'm doing now? <laughs> and and there was two other questions. I forget what they were, but and I said, I, I need honest answers from all of you. I, I need you to give me feedback to make me a better coach for you because right now I'm not I'm not the coach you need. And, and I said, you be honest, and I need to put your name on it. And, and not because I want to punish you for what you're telling me, but if you are going to tell me what you need for me to make you the best you, I got to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I walk there and go, well, somebody said I need to do this, but I don't know who the heck it was. So, uh, and they were really good. Like I, some of them give me a page. So I, I had some, some of them were two and three pages long. It was a long list of things I shouldn't be doing <laughs> to make that better. So, so, uh, and I carried it in my bag the rest of the season. It was in my, in my, uh, bag with all my stuff. The rest of the year I had those notes with me and, and I really took it to heart and, uh, I couldn't be such a hard ass coach anymore. I had to kind of back off and, and give them encouragement and let them just play. Cause I, yeah. I, you know, I, again, I thought we had all the pieces in place, but it was a matter of now changing the, how the puzzle fit and letting Gordon do their thing. And, uh, and they embraced that. And, and, then, and then when they came back after Christmas, um, there was a little bit more of a swagger, a little more confidence in their walk because we'd actually won the last game. So we had a one-game winning streak. And, <laughs> still and counts. That still counts. It, just, it went from there. And we built it. You know, and I said to, to Nadine and Sheldon, I said, you know, this is a different This is different right now. This, this is a different locker room from what we saw the first half. And, and you know, um, and then we won our next two against Briar Crescent. And we, it was a tough goal. We didn't have 
any easy games in the second half. And we and we said also, and I'd like to plan, do planning, say, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to win. We need to do this. We need to win this game. And uh, Sandra said said in the locker room in the meeting, she said, well, it didn't work very good in the first half. Right. <laughs> so why don't we why don't we just play one game at a time? So that was our motto in the second half, and and every game before before we started, I'd write out our plans on offense, our plans on defense, and at the bottom I would put down keys to the game, and it was the same every game. But I made the team sit there and watch me write it out, and and I put one game at a time, one quarter at a time. And of course, I'm a slow writer, so took for it, uh, one possession at a time, <laughs> and the last thing was have fun. Yeah. Thus, that was our game plan every night. I said, it doesn't matter what happened last night. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. The most important game of our season is right now. That's all that matters. And that's how we approach the rest of the season. Every game was the same message at the end of our our spiel on, on the other team, how we're going to play. Well, it, def- it worked. I was going to say it definitely worked because at the end of the year, they're firing on all cylinders, especially in the ACAC playoffs. But when we played you guys early, I believe October, November, Avery, um, I, I think I said to Tori and Marissa, I said, they, they have the pieces. You guys had the veteran guards, which I think is very key in this league. Uh, and yeah. it just wasn't quite clicking that game. And, you know, we only got to play for one game. So <clears throat> I always think back-to-back is a lot different than one game. But uh, you could tell the pieces were there. And it didn't shock me when you guys started to go on the run, especially knowing you, but to see that come together. So, um Tori, a couple of players that you wanted to talk about their season kind of with Avery. Amy Schmatic, one of your uh, guards in the team, she was quite solid even first semester when things weren't going well. But I would say in particular her and um, Sandra were, especially Sandra in the front of the press, super disruptive. Um, those two kind of led the team in particular. So can you kind of talk about those two and how they were able to uh, lead, especially second semester and going into ACAC playoffs. Well, you know, Amy, Amy, I just, I had such high expectations of Amy and, and I pushed her so hard early in the year. I was so hard on her because I wanted her to be perfect. And, and finally I realized that, and I actually said this in our, our seniors night, I said, you know, Amy, I got to apologize to you because I was so hard on you at the start of the year and I wanted you to be perfect. And I finally realized all we needed from you is you had to be the best Amy you could be. And once you were the best Amy you could be, um, things fell into place. And and Amy was so unpredictable because she could just take the ball hard to the hole. And we didn't know what she was doing. And I don't think she did either halfway through. Then she decided the last second what she was going to do. And that's pretty hard to defend when yeah. the player with the ball doesn't know what they're doing. And yeah. uh, she, she just, you know, flourished in that role and we just let her play. And then uh, Sandra Morso, ACAC playoffs, um, Standout guard, I thought, all tournament, um, yeah, was just able to really cause a lot of chaos with more so the other team's guards um, pressuring them, turn the ball over. Um, yeah, she was definitely key more so in ACAC playoffs. Um, can you kind of talk about her? Obviously, she's Spanish yes, import. Um, she, you could tell first semester as well. She was kind of figuring things out and just got a lot better as the season went on. Um, but yeah, her ACAC tournament was, I thought, in my opinion, she was the best guard. She was outstanding that tournament. She she played really well for us all year. I mean, matter of fact, when we when we played Lakeland in the first half, she was coming out. She'd been sick all week, going into that weekend against Lakeland and Keanu, and uh, um, she just was not herself at all. And 
And I probably should have sent her home one or two nights that week rather than let her practice. But she's so stubborn that she wanted to keep practicing her, and I kind of wanted her there too. And and it's funny because when going into to Red Deer, people said, "Oh, you're not going to get along with Sandra. You guys are going to butt heads. You're not going to you're you're going to hate coaching her. She's going to hate you coaching her. It's going to be just awful." You know, they said, "You know, she's stubborn. She wants to do things her way. She wants to win." And and I'm listening to something thinking. I kind of like this kid already. I, she kind of reminds me of me. How can I not like her? She, and uh, um, we just hit it off pretty well. We had a couple of bumps early in the road, but um, like they said, she just wants to win, and, and uh, she was just a solid workhorse for us. She never gets tired. I just can't believe the, the pace she can play at. And, uh, you know, she said, I, I, I'm not vocal. I can't be a leader. And we said, well, you, you know, your point, but you've got to be a leader. You've got to be vocal. You've got to talk. And she said, well, I get in trouble for talking. You know, um, when, when I talk, people just don't like, don't like it. And I said, well, I understand something. I, you know, I find a lot of European players have that rough sandpaper edge to their, to their talk. And they don't even know they're doing it. I, mean, I said, listen, you're okay. I, I coached uh, oh, a Serbian at Olds, who yeah. I'll tell you what, you hear a kid with sandpaper in her voice when she's talking to you. Christina Badgebick, I'll tell yeah. you, if, if you ever find a player that could have a normal conversation and just really piss you off, it's Christina. <laughs> and it's, you should be yourself. And people got to understand that's, that you're, that's just you. You don't mean anything by it. That's just how your voice is when you're talking excited and stuff. And, you know, you got to put on the big girl pants, go out there and, and be athletes and play hard. And, and uh, the team just accepted her and, and accepted the fact that that's how she talks. It's a big deal. And, yeah. and so that became, that helped her become a, a better leader. And, and I, I think, you know, we, again, we, we talked a lot about accountability and stuff and, and the locker room culture within the team. And, um, you know, Sandra just got better and better and, uh, um, as the season went on and being a, a team player and, uh, you know, establishing the work ethic that the team needed and setting a standard for everybody. And, uh, you know, she was great. I just really enjoyed coaching her. Now, Avery, when you when you got to Nationals, obviously you've been there before, um, but it had been a couple of years since you guys won an Olds, uh, since you were there. Obviously, we had COVID, and then our year, and it just kind of been a mess. Um, was there anything you saw different this year um, when you got to Nationals from the teams or anything you weren't prepared for? Obviously, you've been there more than any other coach in our league, so I thought it would be interesting for you to give me your thoughts being there because it feels like every time I go, I'm like, you know what? we have to do this better to win a national championship or do this better. What did you see this year? Well, you know, going in, I thought we were as well prepared as we could be for the opening game with Dawson. Yep. Um, um, what, what I found this year, um, much more physical this year than, than most years. There's a lot of stuff let go. Right. So you couldn't rely on a foul to be able to go to the foul line. You, you better be tough enough. And, and, uh, and I thought we were big enough. We needed a little more, a little more size to compete at nationally. That might be the trend uh, going forward now. But uh, I, I, I thought our first half, of the opening game against Dawson, we were absolutely horrible. Right. If, if we can, like, the best thing about the first half was it ended because we were there. We were down like 20, 24 at the half and uh, came back and cut it to 10 in the fourth quarter. And then we just missed a few shots. We couldn't score, but. I thought we were in a good, good, good run, had a good momentum, and then we quit scoring. We made some good stops on defense. Uh, had we scored a couple more hoops, it, who knows? I, 
but uh, I, I think the big thing is the physicality and uh, uh, we need a little more size, a little more toughness. We get out rebounded every game. Some some nights, some games were significant difference in rebounding, and you can't just do that. And there's a lot of pressure on ACC teams now going to the Nationals. You have yep. to perform for the league. Yep. Because we rely on each other to go out there and and you have a good standing to get that second wild card. So we need people to go out there and play well when they get there. And you know it's so uh, interesting that game, Avery. Obviously, I watched you guys play. Um, super physical. Um, I think there could have been a hundred fouls in that game, and the. The thing I always say when we talk to like our volleyball coaches and, and other coaches, basketball is the one sport where you can literally have your player taken out of the game due to fouls, right? Like you can have a player that just can't play. So I find that the depth really helps, but when it gets that physical and you're right, you guys made a couple hoops, it would have been a totally different game. Obviously Dawson was pretty athletic and, and it played that style. So I think it favored them a lot, but um, it's interesting when you're there to see um, the physicality amp up in certain games. If the whistle goes away, it's basically that game. I thought the finals uh, was pretty physical as well. There was a few games that were just super physical, and it makes it tough on players because you really have to finish in traffic, which is something that's not great, I, I personally think. And in that game, I thought you guys had a few early. You make Would those momentum swings the other way, and it's probably a back-and-forth game like like most others. Um, you know, Avery, you've been around long enough. Uh this format for the CCAA, um, the preset pools. I am obviously not a fan of uh, the preset pools. Um, tell me your thoughts on that going in, knowing that you are basically going to be slotted in one of these two spots. So we had the conversation before nationals, even guessing who you're going to get because it's either A or B, right? Unfortunately, uh, sometimes the the seating isn't done well just because you end up with teams based on last year that, that shouldn't be meeting as early as they do in the rounds. And, um, you know, I, I guess on the other hand, it's like, you got to play, you got to beat everybody anyways to get gotcha. there. So, you know, so it's, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's an interesting format, isn't it? Um, and it does eliminate, um, being on that national call. The debate isn't as large as I assume it was back in the day when you went one through eight with the with the true wild cards, um, because basically it's like who's one, who's two, okay, this team's three, this team's four. So it does eliminate a lot of the legwork. I, I personally, as a coach, don't love that we go off of the previous year. Um, I think we've had a good run in the ACAC where women's side we've been very strong uh, for years now, um, but it's all cyclical. Right, there could be multiple years where we're not. So at least with the medal count, they do the wild cards right. I think based on the last three years, which is, uh, which is pretty good. Um, Avery, you want to talk about the the backside bronze? Um, your guys' last game of the tournament, kind of what you thought. Obviously, being there with an older team but a young team, that first game you could probably chalk a little of that to the girls not being there before, in my opinion, just not being on that stage. Maybe a little bit of nerves. You hate doing it, but. Um, uh, I thought they coaching. played. They played better after. Bad coaching, not at all. <laughs> That's hey, listen. I I said the same thing. When you lose, it's always the coach. When you win, it's the players, right? Yeah, I just you know I, I don't know. You know, in in the Bronx game, probably got a rematch with Dawson, and Dawson's a great team player. Though I can't think of even Dawson. They're they're such a good team, and they're they're so well coached. I mean, he's been there forever at nationals with them as well, and they got about seven medals so yep. you know he's he's done very well 
Um, I thought we played a better game in the bronze, although the score might not have showed it. But but I thought Dawson played a better game as well. Yeah. Um, well, and and we we maybe stayed too much in our trap and our zone and stuff. We should have got out of it earlier. But uh, you know, I I, I wa- I've watched that game over several times now, and I and I I look at how the the point spreads kind of happen so quickly. But we missed some shots we should have made. Like we missed, like I think it was three layups in that stretch and a couple of open open shots. Had we made those shots, that that point spread's not there, and it comes down to you got to make those shots. And and uh, you know maybe we should call the timeout sooner. Like, I always question those things, and you know you always self analyze what could I have done differently, and you know that's that's why this so much why it appears. I'm always questioning what could I have done better, what didn't I do. And, uh, you know, again, all coaches do that. And so I look at that and I go, you know what? Could we have done better? You know, like only one team beat us after Christmas, but that was Dawson twice, the worst right. possible time. You know, but um, again, of course, we'll analyze that and go back and, you know, make some changes next year and see what happens. Yeah. Um, Avery, just uh, going away from last season's squad outside of nationals now fast forwarding to this year uh do you lose any big assets to the team from last year and do you add any big additions to the squad for this year yeah we lose a lot we uh amy shamanic has a a teaching job she's teaching high school now out at silver lake hj cody um sophie mellon graduated she's back in sweden now you know those those are two really big big holes for us to fill yeah, key pieces um, for sure. Lord France is not back this year, so um, you know I have concerns over over who's going to pick up the slack scoring and and uh, you know our recruiting, you know, is up and down. We've lost some some players to U Sport. One of them said, "Well, I got a chance to go to this team. It's such a, it's just an opportunity for a lifetime." And I'm thinking, well, I know where you're going, and you know her last words was, "Well." If I don't like it, can I come back next year? And I'm thinking, well, if you're already thinking that, maybe you should just be coming this year. Uh, you know, sometimes the use sport side is, you know, it's uh, the holy grail. But not every program at that level is the use sport level. So, you know, and I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying that's that's the honest truth. Um, so we lost some players that way, and and uh, some recruits. I said a couple that are kind of on the go and. Uh, you know, they haven't got stuff in yet, and I'm kind of getting the feeling like, are you just pulling my chain here, and you're going to say, oh, I decided to go somewhere else. And, I, and I've been through that over the years where a player just drags it out, drags it out, and you know they're not going to come play for you. Right. But I but I don't just let them go. Then I kind of say, no, I'm going to bug you until you have the backbone to tell me that you're not coming, and then I'll yeah. stop asking you just because I'm being a And I, being an adult, stand up and say, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and uh, I really appreciate it as any coach, as a player says, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's great. Like, I'd rather have you tell me that than drag me out for three months because you're loving the recruiting game and you're having all these coaches talk to you. And you know what? I just want to say, kid, please just go somewhere else. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. do that than have you drag me out and then tell me in, in July, oh, yeah, I'm not going to come. So you find a replacement for me now. Am I getting carried away here? <laughs> no, 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 Avery, you're not at all because, you know, it's fine. And this is the goal of this is to have these open conversations with coaches. And, you know, I've only done this will be year, whatever, 15 or 16 for me. But um, when you're talking to a kid, 
you know that you just have that little bit of an instinct bell that goes off and says, like, we've had recruits in when Tori was playing and they would leave and I'm like, that kid's coming here or that kid's not coming. You could kind of tell, right? And that's one of the things that I say in the recruiting process. Just be upfront with me. I'm not going to hold any hard feelings. I'm too old now to get upset about you not coming here, but I'm going to be upfront with you too. And if, if this is a fit for you or not, I don't want to string a kid along. That's not how I want to operate. Oh. And it's adult to adult. And I think that's one of, the, you know, one of our goals as coaches is to help these young ladies uh, enter adulthood and, and figure out how to do things the right way. And, and when they're 17 and 18, they do struggle with that sometimes, especially, you know, and even some of the older girls do as well. I had a kid this year call me six foot post and uh, she wanted to come to come into ID camp. I want to talk about coming to play in Red Deer. And uh, then we had her ID camp, and she'd gone to a couple other places to to check the campus out and stuff. So she she emailed me. She said, I can't make it because my club team is at a tournament that weekend. <laughs> so I'm going, really? Your, your club team's in a tournament. So you're going to pass our ID camp up for your future, potentially with us. So I emailed her back, and I wasn't very nice. And I said, well, obviously, you're, you know, you don't have uh, your priorities really set here. So, so then she made, she made me back and said, well, you know, um, I hope you, un- I hope you can appreciate it. I missed all this school going to other, other campuses and I need to get my studies in place. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, it's not what you told me. You told me you're going to a club tournament. Yeah. So, so I said, so I just left. I thought, you know what? You can play this facade all you want. Obviously I'm done playing now, but kind of, crossing over to the coaching side um you kind of talk about the youth but earlier before you were saying about youth sport like college and youth sport whatnot and I obviously noticed that a lot of the kids coming out of high school their main goal is to go to the best and be the best and kind of like not necessarily seeing where they should be playing at if that makes sense where their level is and I find particularly when I'm talking to Australians um on the import side to try to get them over it's like or ACAC, like CCAA, what's that? Like that doesn't seem like a good level or whatnot. And I'm kind of finding a little bit more of that's happening now um, than what it was like in the past years because, look, when I was getting recruited, it was like, oh, sweet, college, best fit, I'll go to wherever, like it's going to accommodate for me. But nowadays I'm kind of seeing a shift um, in recruits in Canada and but more so on the import side that it's – best offer that's where I'm going to go and you don't necessarily see recruits taking the best fit for them and we obviously all see that as coaches and whatnot but yeah I don't think kids not to put anyone down but I don't think they do a good job recognizing what the best fit for them will be yeah and I I think kids have to really take a hard look at the program they're going to and say well you know if I'm going to this program and I've got I'm a point guard and I have three point guards ahead of me. They're all in there. Yeah. You know, first, third year. How am I, how am I going to wait to get a chance to play? And, and you also realize that as you're sitting there on the bench taking stats, the coach is recruiting over you. So at some point, um, when are you going to play? Or, you know, you might find a situation, you know what? I'm going in there. There's a, a fourth and fifth year guard. I'm going to learn a lot from them in the next two years then I'm going to get a chance to play. And, and that's a great situation to go into. Yeah. So you have to look at, the, look at the school, look at the roster and say, where can I fit in? Where, am I going to be a better player here? Is this really a good thing for me? And if it is, 
boy, oh boy, take it. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with that, and no, nobody should. No, and it's so funny. Even Tori doesn't know this, but her herself playing for us, you know, recruiting point guards, saying, hey, we have a really good point guard. She's going to be done in a year or two. Learn from her, train from her, and then take over. And we lost a handful of recruits because they're like, no, there's not going to be any playing time, which, you know, that's the cycle. So good for them. They go to a program they want to play. Our program, probably similar to the yours, Avery, I want players that want to win and don't care if they contribute one minute or 30 minutes. They just want to help win, right? And so, you know, when those players need to find a place to play, there's certain programs that they can go play a lot and and whatever happens, happens. Um, the expectation is different for each kid, right? Yeah, and I would say they're not going to make someone come play for us because they didn't make them all year to stay. So <laughs> yeah. you are players that want to be there, you know? Yeah, you're, you're constantly re-recruiting your players. And I do think re-recruiting is different now than even 15 years ago you don't now you are constantly re-recruiting your players in season whereas yeah. before they're there you're good you're focused on the year like i think about when i played here for phil he knew we we're all coming back so he's just recruiting to fill the spots he didn't yeah like, no one was leaving right so um on that avery uh tori and i were talking and this is an interesting one for us so i know you're not going to talk about your recruits right now it's summer for everyone listening um Avery will have good recruits. I promise you, Avery will have good recruits. That's, that's what he does. So when they come out, the next time we talk to him in the fall, he's going to act shocked, but he's going to have good recruits. But the question, Avery, is who do you see as kind of um, favorite next year, you know, coming out of last year, knowing what we know now, knowing the players that are kind of moving on, who do you think you kind of got your eye on that could have a good season next year? Boy. Um, well, I, I don't have really have a great ear to to the rumor mill. I just hear things <laughs> once in a while, but but uh, I think I think St. Mary's will be really tough. Yeah, uh, you know they, they got their key core of, of all stars all back. Yeah, um, but you know I I think I think losing Shale Clark is, is a big loss for them. I know she's not a big superstar, but Shale Clark was just a solid solid player for them. Game in game out, she gave you the same thing every night. I I think losing her. Uh, is is a, a tough one, but I think adding uh, Michaela Rose from Olds College, who was a leading scorer in the league last year, is a huge, huge plus, and yeah. that that uh, improves their inside game tremendously. And and uh, I'm sure Steve will add a, a couple of big, solid posts in there. So their their game is going to be very well rounded and uh, tons of score. Yeah, uh, I I think Briarcrest will be tough. Uh, they uh, have everybody back. Yeah, and they had a very good team last year. Um, so I, I think Briarcrest will be tough. Lethbridge always comes back tough. So uh, uh, I've heard Deanna is, is back as a, in the coaching staff this year. Good. So uh, with, her, with her and Ken, uh, you know, Lethbridge is going to be another another tough year this year. And even, even last year, like, uh, you know, when it came down to, to fighting for second place, it was, it was Red Deer Lethbridge right to the final weekend as to who was going to get second place. You're and, welcome and, for uh, us helping you out there. <laughs> we took one off them to help you out there. Well, you know, at that point, it was funny because at that point, <laughs> that game didn't matter. Oh, it was it done already? It was done. It was yeah. done because uh, we because we, we had one game on Friday, and and uh, if we won the game Friday, you were we clinched second place. So gotcha. they, when they came Perfect. into the Saturday game, I, I think they were disheartened, and I think I think that it would have been a closer game had they been fighting for second place. Hey, don't take it away from us, Avery. We're ten and ten. We needed but, that win. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to take it away from you. But, but I, ju- I just think that. The more you, the more you guys took it to them and played hard and, and spread the score, the more disheartened they became. It's like, oh, we lost second place and they're just kicking us because yeah. you were. 
And and uh, I, I think it was very disheartening for them to go to that game, realizing that the the chase they'd had all second half um, was at a close. And then yeah. to make it worse, they they were just getting outplayed and outscored in that last game. Well, especially with that road trip too, you'd tackle on the fact that they, you know, they come, they go all the way up to Fort Mac. That's the the road trip from hell in the season, really, you know, and they got yeah. us on the way back. So, and uh, I believe, uh, Tori, we talked about this yesterday, Leftbridge signed. Uh, Hannah Helton. Helton, yeah. Ex-St. Mary's shooter. So that'll help, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, she's That's a, an interesting sign. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting signing. I'd like to know how that all came about. <laughs> Because Hannah was going into her fifth year at St. Mary's last year and then quit in August. I believe so. I don't want to speculate. Maybe boyfriend or is she from there originally? Well, she got married. Yeah. In okay. the snore. She smoked the And okay. then and then she decided not to come back last year. So Gotcha. See, that makes sense. So but I think you're right. I think I think all those teams obviously, you know, you guys as the reigning champs are gonna be strong having that experience from Nationals, Briarcrest. Uh, was kind of on the up next year. I'll be interested to see if they can maintain uh, that level that they finished at. Leftbridge has a lot of good pieces there. I think if they figure it out, I think that playoffs was a little bit of a drop down for them uh, from where they played yep. for most of the year, in my opinion. Um, those are all kind of teams that um, I'm with you. I got my. I've got anything to say. It's a dark horse. State has added some players that have come back now after sitting out for a couple of years uh, that are that are going to be impact players for them. Perfect. So, so I, I think Sade will be right in the mix. You know, that's our opening weekend. So we're going to have a tough, tough <laughs> opening weekend. All, all of our opening years, every year I have a terrible start. So I wish we didn't have a good start this year. You know, I think in the old format, Avery, I think, uh, thank you, Anthony, for this. Uh, I think we played Nate like eight straight years in a row to open the season. And I was like, great bloodbath games right off right off the start for us nate was always pretty good we were always pretty good um well last thing here here, avery on closing um i talked about this on the opening of the podcast with this uh schedule format you've been along around long enough i guess to see several different formats so right now the playing everyone playing everyone in your division twice Uh, i'm a big fan i think it's really good for the acac i was saying that some of my players had never been to med hat or left bridge or olds or seen parts of alberta which is kind of cool um if you don't mind and i know you're good on sharing your thoughts but let me know your thoughts on the schedule and and is this a good thing moving forward what do you think coming out of covid now that we're doing this play everyone well you know we we did this years ago we did it for four years and and uh, the travel stuff of course as you get older travel is tougher i find now i just I can't get comfortable on the damn bus anymore. So, yeah. I, you know, my knees I just don't find its way to go. So, so for, for me now, traveling is very uncomfortable. So I hate the long trips. So I, I, I'd prefer to just go north-south. But yeah. I understand the value of the crossover. Right. Um, I just think sometimes the long trips, I don't think are, are good for athletic performance necessarily. And they're really not good for scholastic performance. So when you, when you take a, a lot of the long, long trips, like, you guys go into Briarcrest or Medhat. Um, I think when you get back on the Sunday, I don't think a lot of students get any studying done. Because I was a coach, I crashed the whole day Sunday. So I don't <laughs> think any athletes are studying. Right. So so I don't think it's good from that perspective. Um, I, I, I like I like how we've changed our playoff format. Um, I, I like the fact that you now you have to earn the right to host. I, I think there should be some reward for having a good season. Yep. So I, I like that pr- perspective. Um, I like people onto a final four. 
I just think the final four, the, the, the electricity of the gym for the final four is just so exciting to the final four, as opposed to the, the eight teams. Um, I, I like the, I like the fact that we have an eight team, eight teams playing in the first round. Um, I would rather still, I know, but now we're going within your own division. You play at first place, four seconds, third. <clears> I'd still rather change a bit. I'd rather go crossover and go best of three like we used to do. Yeah. And for for one thing, again, if we're worried about sending our best teams to nationals because we need that wild card, it's in our best interest not to have a one-night upset. Yeah. Our best two teams don't necessarily go. And we've seen that happen in the past. The results were not good for the ACAC, where we had upsets in, in some. Um, if it happens in the final four, well, so be it in the final four. But I, I like the, the best of three because you have, the best even have a bad game and they can still have a chance to recover and go on to the final four round. Um, I also like it that the fact you can now have more playoff games at more schools. Right. So other, more schools get a, get a chance to host a playoff game. And their their fans get to see them in a playoff game. So if you have a a, a Calgary, so say so you have a, a state state made playoff, and then so one team hosts the first game, the other school hosts the second game. So you you know you just have more chance for fans to see playoff games. Whereas the the eight team draw, one school, one location. You may you may never see your kid if you if you're a parent uh, in a playoff game at home their entire career. Mm-hmm. How good they are! So now at least it's a chance to to host. So I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, no, I I'm with you on on that part. Um, the one thing I I said, and and hopefully we're gonna address this as an SMT uh, group is the final four is great. Um, Tori did the stats. Tori, do you remember the stats? How many times yeah, three of so three of the four teams came from one conference or the other? What so was, was the like stats? A, past I think twelve years I did. Yeah, and it was eight times uneven so eight times it was uh let's say three south teams made it one north or vice versa um and then four times only was when it was even two north two south yeah. so and that's why i like the crossover first yeah. round yeah you know what uh, um and i guess you could argue say well we should have two north two south and i'm saying you know what let's have the best four teams there best i don't four. care yeah. who i don't care where they're from let's have the best four teams in the final four yeah and yeah. so I, I, that's why another reason I like four is you don't have teams who played each other all year, eliminating each other from the next round. Yeah. You know, best four teams gives us a good shot at nationals, good shot at provincials. And yeah, I'm with you. Tori, any last questions for Avery? We got a, we got a practice to run to tonight. <laughs> Club practice. What do you got? Anything left? I got to give Avery a little bit of a shout out here. I tell this story to many people and I, I don't think they believe me, Avery. So kind of clarified here, but I say to Chris and I say to people all the time when they see you, they're like, oh, who's that coach? Who's that guy? Whatever. And I'm like, he's the guy that actually, I think, saved my career and helped me play. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? I said, well, when I couldn't get my priorities in order as a first year at Lakeland um, and I failed out first semester, not failed out, but my grades were obviously horrible. Um, and I had to have a meeting with you and it stood out to me a lot Um in all of my college career, this conversation, because I said, no, I really want to be here. This league could be something special and I really want to be a part of it. And you were the one that said, well, I'm going to keep you here because I really believe in you and what you do. So, yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but I wanted to give, just say a thank you for that because that definitely um, turned my career around. I, I, I do remember that very well. 
Um, and I just think sometimes you have to give athletes a second chance. And and I remember doing this in Lethbridge to it with a soccer player, and and she'd had a terrible academic year. And I said to her, "Don't let this year define who you are. Define who you are next year." And and uh, and when we talked, I totally believed in you, and I and I thought you were going to do it, and you proved me and many other people right. So you know, good on you. No, thank you. I had to had to bring that up. Give you a little bit of a shout out there. That's awesome. That's well, a great thank story. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well Avery thanks so much you enjoy the summer we will catch back up with you in the fall once you're kicking everyone's butt sound good so that uh, sounds really good you, you take care you guys we'll talk <laughs> okay. to you in the fall Thank okay you. thanks Avery bye for now okay uh, Tori that was our talk with Avery Harrison once again thanks to Avery for coming on our, our first guest uh, here on the hold my clipboard podcast Tori any post interview thoughts with the legend himself Avery yeah, he is obviously a legend and a very well-respected man by many, including um, women that I played against, that he coached in Olds, winning the national championship. And, yeah, you can tell that he's definitely had an impact of a lot of young women's lives and pretty amazing the story that he was able to tell with the turnaround of um, the Red Deer Queens from first semester to second semester, a lot of awesome cultural stuff that he was able to share. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we could have probably went a couple hours on the culture. Um, <coughs> that's one of the conversations. We had a lot of conversations at Nationals, and it's always great to have those sit-downs. Sometimes I think that's being lost a little of the culture uh, in coaching right now is the camaraderie. Um, us older guys himself, you know, the Dwayne Vigilance Rambeers, some of the older coaches, we still go out of our ways after the games or pre-game to make sure we have those sit-downs. It's nice to hear him talk just like he would, you know, after any game. Um, for those of you guys listening, make sure that you guys tune in and rate us on Spotify or Apple, anywhere you can find your podcast. Um, it is Hold My Clipboard. Look for us on social. We will be branded all over the place. We are looking for any follows. Spread the word. We're going to continue to talk about the ACAC and the CCAA. Focus on men's and women's basketball. And next week, we will have another guest and share some more stories on the ACAC. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next episode. And don't forget to enjoy your summer vacation. Slip, slop, slap. Slip, slop, slap.